This week on Dream Team Fantasy, we talk about DFS Week 1, our Super Bowl and MVP picks, and our last man standing survivor pick. Dream Team Fantasy is brought to you by Thunder Drain. If you are in the greater Rochester area and need a plumber, text or call Chris at Thunder Drain. It's 585-500-1177 and check their Facebook for coupons. Welcome another episode of Dream Team Fantasy. I'm Nick Morrow, alongside Tyler Syracuse. What up, T? What is up? All right, finally fucking here. Week one. Let's go. Let's go. Packers, Bears, Thursday night in Chicago. Packers taking that game, baby, all day. All freaking day. I'm already getting the butterflies. I don't care too much about the, the Packers and the Bears game, but I'm getting... I get nervous before each Sunday because I'm betting lots of money. Usually crack open a beer like 9.30. <laughs> kind of gets rid of the nerves. but I got fucking chills right now just talking yeah, about I'm it. I'm looking forward to the season. Oh, yeah. Can't wait till Sunday. Yep, me either. So we'll just run through the headlines real quick. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Zeke signs finally. So all your uh, Pollard picks. Nice job wasting your picks. Uh, Goff extension and Savon Diggs, no practice. So he's questionable for week one. Just got to pay attention to things like that when you're building your lineups and uh, DFS and also for your season long. Um, all right, so last night, Tyler and I had a draft, our uh, Dream Team Fantasy League draft. I'm not happy with mine. I mean, Yahoo gave me a B-plus grade, but that doesn't mean dick. Um I had ninth pick. Tyler had fifth. He started off with Hopkins, Kittle, and then he snagged Gurley in the third. Felt pretty good about Gurley in the third. I was surprised he fell down that far. Oh, man, I was debating that, too, uh, in the third. with uh, He was like 15 running backs off the board, yeah. so I was pretty surprised. No, that was a good pick. Uh, you got him at 29. His ADP was like 17. <laughs> and you came back with uh, Lockett, Ingram, and in round seven, I believe, you snagged my boy because I'm a fucking idiot. I talked so much about how I hate, I did not want to draft Melvin Gordon, didn't want to draft him, didn't want to draft him. Before the draft starts, I'm going through Twitter, and there's a tweets that are saying, oh, possible <laughs> trade, he's going to get traded. Like da, da. I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to sneak him in. I got him, one, two, three, four, five, round five. So I got him a 57th pick. His ADP is like 42. He reached for him. <laughs> I haven't drafted him all season, and I freaking drafted him last night, and then you snag Eckler in the seventh. I stole right Eckler from me. him, too. I got Eckler on, like, all my teams. So I feel pretty good about that, assuming Gordon sits out for at least eight, nine, ten weeks. Yeah, and then I just – and I woke up this morning regretting taking Melvin Gordon, just regretting because – The potential trade – candidate was philly too but they wanted to trade jordan howard and basically the chargers were asking for way too much and howie roseman the phillies uh eagles gm is not an idiot he usually rips off people so he kind of did a completely egregious trade offer so the chargers didn't even consider it but that was the one potential yep and i i 
I drank the Kool-Aid last <laughs> night, and I'm really regretting it. Um, QBs went really early. They went fast. I was very surprised. I actually didn't get anyone I liked. Ended up getting Kyler Murray. Uh, my first pick was Devontae Adams. Then I came back with Kelsey, Fournette, Godwin. So, I mean, a good good start, a good base. But if Melvin Gordon comes back, I'll be sitting pretty. Unfortunately, another person – I drafted another – I don't know why. I think I was, like, nervous last night or something. I drafted another person that I don't normally draft in Philip Lindsay. Not high on him at all. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, how do you feel about your team last night? One of my main takeaways was that drafting from the fifth pick, which is what I had, I think it's like the worst pick in the draft because there's a clear top four with Zeke back now with the top four running backs. When it comes to picks five and six, I think there's so many guys that you could take at that spot that it kind of mind fucks you. And you, I, I didn't really enjoy picking Hopkins at that fifth spot. I debated Devontae Adams. Yeah, why'd you pass on Adams? You I, All year you had him ranked one over Hopkins. So I still have Adams ranked one. The reason I took Hopkins was just because I like to diversify just because I'm in so many leagues, and I've already taken Devontae as the, the wide receiver one in hundreds of drafts. So I just want to get my shares of Hopkins too. Uh, but I, re- I really didn't like that fifth pick. I even debated Travis Kelsey. I debated James Conner, David Johnson. Uh, I just – don't think there's a clear guy to take at that fifth spot, and it, it kind of messed with my head a lot. So I ended up just taking Hopkins as a safe wide receiver pick. I was surprised. And then I was surprised that Adams fell to me at nine. I haven't seen him fall that far before. So, I, that I mean, that forced my hand to take him, um, which I'm okay with. But, yeah, I, I was surprised you didn't take Hopkins. And then, uh, I mean, you ended up drafting well. You got Wilson at QB. You got Hopkins and Lockett, which I like. And then you got Gurley and Ingram, which I like as well. Kittle, a tight end. Starting to like Ingram more and more as the season goes on. I know they face a really easy um, rushing schedule this year. I know they start with uh, the Dolphins, and then they play the Cardinals, two really poor rush defenses. And we know how Lamar Jackson kind of helps uh, the the running backs with getting open holes, and they got a decent offensive line there as well. Yeah, I wasn't really high on Lamar Jackson, but um – I'm starting to kind of maybe get on that train, and I, I'm really high on the Ravens this year. I love their defense. I think they're going to be the best defense in the NFL this year, and they have a great offensive line. They just don't have any wide receivers. Did and you get Travis Kelsey in our league? I did. Okay, yeah. So he has Kelsey, and I have Kittle. So yeah. I think we got the tight end spot nailed down. Yeah. I just feel like you're at such an advantage if you're in a 12, 10, 12, 14, 16. If you can get one of those top three tight ends – and the other guys in your league are streaming tight ends, and you can outscore them by 10, 15 points a game at the tight end position, I think it gives you a really big leg, uh, leg up. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I, Adams, and I came back with Kelsey, and I just I figured I, I was going to go for the number one tight end who's pretty much like a wide receiver or one or two at the end of the day. I mean, he's going to be a stud. So, yeah, all in all, I mean, we'll be updating you guys on the league, talking shit, and uh, – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. We'll see. We'll see come week one. Um, All right, so let's get to it. Uh, DFS week one Sunday. We're not going to do or talk about any DFS for the Packers-Bears game. Some one-game slate. Not too fond of those. So we'll talk about how to build your bankroll. Um, You know, it's a long season. You got to be patient. You're not going to win the Millie week one. um, And you don't want to, you know, you want to have – a bankroll, and then you want to build it. 
all the way up to when towards the end of the season, midseason, you're starting to get into those contests and you can put, you know, 50 lineups and things like that together and not hurt your uh, your money. And then we'll talk about value players, value games, and some games to maybe stay away from. So when it comes to building your bankroll, um, it tell, us, tell us how you do it, Tyler, as far as, you know, how people should start if they're starting small. You know, don't fall into that trap of uh, that million-dollar top prize when there's 300,000 people in that entry. And I think before we get to, like, building a bankroll, I think we should talk about specifically what your goals are for playing fantasy football. If you just want to have fun and throw 20 bucks a week and you want to play with a chance to win a million dollars, that's not the best way to build your bankroll. But if you have fun doing that and you can afford 20 bucks a week for 16 weeks, so whatever, it's like 400 bucks. Um, if you lost every week, then do that. Um, but if you are trying to build up your bankroll, I would suggest playing 80% cash games. So you're playing 50-50s and you're playing head-to-heads. Look for the single entry contest because the cash line is going to be lower in those as opposed to the multi-entry double-ups. You could also browse the lobby for head-to-head opponents without badges, meaning that they're inexperienced players. Yeah, it's always on, good to look for them. Pick, pick on, on the newbies. <laughs> <laughs> so besides that, I mean, you're playing 80% 50-50s. You want to play the lower dollar games. A lot of it, too, you got to figure out your bankroll for the season. If you have $500 to bet for the season – you want to bet about 10 to 15% of your bankroll in a given week. So obviously you have 500 bucks for the season. You don't want to bet all 500 in week one. So figure out what, how much money you have play 70 to 80% cash games, the remaining 20 to 30% in tournaments, look for the single entry contest, look for newbies in the head to head lobby. I also think you should post head to heads uh, stick with the lower stakes games so you could post $51 games, $52 games instead of one $100 game because chances are you'll you'll be playing uh, less experienced players in the lower dollar games. So, there's, so those are just a few ch- uh, tips for starting to increase your bankroll. And then specifically for the tournaments, honestly, if you're if you're trying to build your bankroll, you should probably avoid the Melee Maker. I know they're pretty fun, but it's kind of a lottery ticket having to beat, you know, 200,000, 300,000 people. So look for the contests where there's 10,000, 20,000 entries because usually those payout structures are a little more flat, meaning that they'll play out, pay out more uh, percentage of the field. Um, the money will be less up top, but you could still make pretty good money if you get if you get a top 10 finish. Yeah. The, for contests, you know, you want to be contrarian. It's the only way you're really going to make money and kind of win. If you're going to chase that million dollars to first up top. But yeah, I mean, there's 300,000 people in this contest. I mean, there's sharks or people that max out the entries. So you put in one $20 entry, it's like going and buying a scratch off ticket you know, and just hoping that you either get your money back or for somehow, some way you hit a jackpot, which is unlikely. Um, all right. So let's talk about, um, the slate here, uh, our value plays and maybe people that we're kind of staying away from or games we're staying away from, um, who are your value players 
this week. Just a couple if you want to go through. So we could do each position real quick. Starting at the quarterback position, um, there's a pretty nice value on Jacoby Brissett uh, for DraftKings. He's only $4,400. It's a pretty tough matchup on the road against the Chargers. But if you need to save some salary, I think he's an okay option. Another option would be Lamar Jackson. He's kind of in the the mid-price range. I just think they're going to get a ton of snaps against the Dolphins because I think the Dolphins are going to go three and out pretty much every time against the Ravens' defense. So the more snaps that your offense gets, the more chances of fantasy points. So I think Jackson has a pretty good shot at running for 80, 90, even 100 yards. And if he gets a 100-yard bonus and gets a rushing touchdown, it'll be he'll be looking at a, a top five, top ten uh, fantasy performance for sure. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, that game. You know, I don't know how Baltimore's offense is going to be. Um, I, the I, feel, I, feel like be, I feel it's going to be boring. They're just going to hand off to Ingram, 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 wear them down. You know, Lamar Jackson's going to get his runs, probably a couple passes to Andrews, and, you know, they'll put up a couple points. But I could see, like, a 20 to nothing. Yeah. You know, I was going to say the over under is 37, and I can see uh, the Ravens getting all 37 points there. It, it, I could 100%. definitely see the Dolphins getting shut out. 100%. And I, but I could also see, you know, a close game where Fitzmagic pulls a rabbit out of his head again and puts up, you know, a touchdown, but the Ravens' offense is just kicking field goals because they're getting down in the red zone, and then Miami's holding him, and it's like, you know, a nine to seven ball game or something <laughs> like that, something boring. So yeah, you got. I like to look at the over unders um, and see where Vegas is at as far as uh, totals for games because it gives you a good idea of what Vegas thinks um, are going to be high scoring games. One of the guys I like at quarterback is it's actually a stack I like this week is Nick Foles and the Jags. Um, I really think that that's just going to be a shootout between Jags and Kansas. I think Jacksonville is going to be keeping up with them the whole game and going to give Kansas City a run for their money. I think you had said, you know, as like a contrarian, the defense would even be to play Jacksonville. So I, I like the I like the Foles starting stack at QB and then Fournette at RB and uh, D.D. Westbrook at wide receiver. That's one of my stacks that I like this week. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. And Foles, um, he prefers to play against man coverages, and Kansas City ran like 56% man-to-man uh, -man last year. Did I say man-to-man, -man, right? Foles, Foles likes man-to-man -man coverage, yes. not zone. Yes. And the Chiefs ran uh, man coverage at the sixth highest rate last year. So that's uh, good news for Foles and D.D. Westbrook because he's one of those guys that runs really good routes, so he's good at beating the man coverage as well. Yeah, I, I just I like the Jags as a contrarian play for tournaments kind of. I don't know how owned they're going to be. We'll know more about that. Um, I can definitely say – um, D.D. Westbrook's going to be pretty chalky. I've listened to a couple podcasts already, and uh, pretty much everyone's mentioning him because he's got a cheap price tag, and, and yeah, uh, Vegas thinks it's going to be a shootout. Yeah, 4,800. 4,800, wow. yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a steal. So we could move on to running backs. There's a ton of good running back values this week. I was I was hoping to get Tony Pollard at 4,500, but with Zeke signing, he's no longer an option, assuming Zeke will get close to his full workload. Um, even if he doesn't, I don't, I don't think Pollard's an option anymore. Mm. So some guys that I like are Austin Eckler, 5,500, home against the Colts. The Colts 
um, pretty notorious for playing a zone defense. So basically they're going to allow a lot of dump offs to the running backs and the tight ends, um, more shallow routes. And we all know Phillip Rivers doesn't mind dumping it off. He's relied on his whole career thrown to, to running backs and Keenan Allen on, on short crossing routes and even Gates in his prime. Um, so Eckler's a guy I like. Another running back I like is uh, Chris Carson, home against the Bengals. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorite. That's always one correlation that I like to look for is uh, playing a running back that is home and a big favorite. So he should get plenty of chances to – Score touchdowns. A couple other guys I like are Leonard Fournette, 6,100. Up-tempo game. I think he's going to be the three-down workhorse. If the Jags are trailing, he could catch passes, and if they're winning, he's going to be getting the rock a lot, and and there's going to be a lot of points in that game, we think. So he'll definitely have some chances to score. Last guy I wanted to mention, Dalvin Cook, because it's just way too cheap. Uh, Great matchup against uh, the Falcons, who concede a lot of – passes to running backs as well yeah I agree I like all those guys like I said I really do like Fournette um looking down the list here you got Carrion Johnson um and against Arizona's awful defensive line um Chris Carson I like Eckler I like Mark Ingram I know that it's got a low total but I feel like he's gonna get 25 plus touches in this game they're just gonna I, they're just gonna wear down that Dolphins defense and he's bound to at least break one or at least get an end get in the end zone once or twice with a couple grabs here or there um the San Fran Tampa game I know is a huge over under I'm just not sure if I want to attack the running backs in that game at all um yeah pro- a couple sleepers at the running back position I just wanted to mention would be Matt Breda he's only 4,000 I know the running back depth chart came out for San Fran recently and he was listed as the RB1 which conflicted what beat reporters have been saying all offseason saying that Tevin Coleman's going to be the guy so I think it's pretty obvious they're going to be a one-two punch but at 4,000 I think he could definitely pay off there the other one was Jordan Howard you don't need you don't need much at 4,000 to pay off I mean you know you need what touchdown couple grabs and 40 yards or something like that to really pay off that price tag yeah so for DraftKings I usually like to if a guy's 4,000 I want to multiply by that multiply that by three and get at least 12 points so if a guy's 5,000 I want at least 15 points if a guy's 10,000 I want at least 30 points so that's usually my rule of thumb for for picking the players that I want the other guy I wanted to mention was Jordan Howard um Eagles are massive 10-point favorite, and I just think in games where they're favored, he's going to be the guy that gets the ball a lot. He might get 20 carries, and he's going to have chances for touchdowns. He's not a great player, as we all know. Uh, even the Eagles aren't that high on him, but I think he's going to be their <laughs> – They're trying to freaking ship him <laughs> off right now. He's going to be their guy when the, when they're up, so I think he could kind of fall into two three touchdowns if he's lucky. If the game's close, though – let's say, through the game, I don't think he's going to be the guy, do you? Uh, I mean, um, the coach Peterson always loves the running back by committee. I just – I'm kind of banking on the, the Eagles winning by a couple touchdowns and in the fourth quarter he can kind of pile on and get, get 40 extra yards and a touchdown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that strategy. And then any interest in um, Deion Lewis – 
uh, you know, if Cleveland's starting to run away with the game, maybe putting Deion Lewis in, he's grabbing a couple garbage time grabs and maybe sneaks in the end zone or something like that. I mean, he's only 4,700. I like Deion Lewis as a player. I just think there's so many good running back options that are in the five mid fives and mid sixes that I'm probably just going to take all of those guys and not even bother with um, too much of Deion Lewis and Chris Thompson and, and guys like that who probably won't hit their ceiling in week one. Fair enough. Um, all right, wide receiver, you got Beckham, Julio, Evans, Tyreek at the top here. Uh, going down a little ways, we talked about Diggs is missing practice, so keep an eye on that if you're looking for a Minnesota stack. Um, you got the Rams, wide receivers down here, down farther. You got Godwin here at 6,200. Pretty steep, actually. Um, you think he could pay off that value, or do you think that's a good uh, price tag for him? Yeah, if I'm playing cash games and tournaments, Chris Godwin's a guy I'm definitely looking at. I just think there's going to be a lot of points in that game. He's got a good matchup in the slot. Uh, Adam Thielen is definitely a good option, whether or not Stefan Diggs plays or not, because he's got a good matchup against Atlanta. It's going to be an up-tempo game. They're playing in the Dome, so I like his chances of getting 10 targets. Uh, Tyler Lockett's another player I like. Um we talked about on the last podcast, the the Seahawks just have no depth right now at the wide receiver position. We all know Lockett has already established chemistry with Russell Wilson, so I think he's got a pretty good price tag against the Bengals. A couple of cheaper guys I'm looking at. Uh, we already talked about D.D. Westbrook. I think he's going to be really popular on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, depending on where you're playing. A uh, couple cheaper dart throws if you're playing tournaments, if you want to shoot for the – million dollar prize pool or if you're playing in that three dollar play action on DraftKings where there's 792,000 entries some receivers I like there are John Brown Michael Gallup and Marquise Goodwin so all those guys are in like the low four thousands you can't really rely on them for anything at all but those are all guys that can catch long touchdown passes and if they happen to catch two of them and they're only Two three percent owned. That's gonna. That's what's gonna get you up the leaderboard yeah. in those top heavy tournaments. And those type of picks are the ones that win you those tournaments. Right. You know exactly. when you get those guys that are four percent owned and they double their value. Um, those are huge to and have. And you can't invest too much of them because it's kind of hard to predict eighty yard touchdowns. Yeah. But if you're playing tournaments, those are guys you could take stabs at and and try to get lucky. <laughs> yeah, I like Godwin. I like Lockett. Um, Godwin's got a huge height and size advantage on uh, the slot defender that's covering him. I don't remember who it was, but I saw the stat today. He's just got a huge height advantage on him, so I think uh, he should have a big game. Uh, we're both high on Seattle this week, so, yeah, I like Lockett a lot. Going down the list, we got Landry. Um, DJ Moore is another one I like, only 5,500. Um, the Rams have some decent corners, but I also could see this game kind of maybe getting into a shootout. And like I had talked about in an early podcast, I do like Cam Newton this year. He's got a good offensive line in front of him, so he should have time to just sit back there and throw the ball. Um, Westbrook, we're high on. I like the stack of the Jags. Um, Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Lee, any, any interest in those guys at all down here in this uh, dive at 4,200? 
Deshaun Jackson would just be another dart throw. Uh, he's kind of tough to predict his big games, but he's playing against one of his former teams, so maybe Peterson will dial up a couple extra deep balls for him. And a if you remember from game. revenge game, yeah. If you remember from last year, uh, Jackson had a huge game in Week One. Um, can't remember who they're playing, but it was a shootout uh, when Fitzpatrick had like five or six touchdowns. Oh yeah, the Saints, right? Because um, it wasn't like a last man standing yeah, knocked yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, Saints and Bucks week yep. one last year. It was like they combined for almost 100 points. Yep. Uh, one other guy I wanted to mention, uh, same team as DJ Moore, Curtis Samuels, only 4,200. So he gives you a $1,300 discount. Uh, they're they're pretty similar players. So if, if you need to save some money, I think you should possibly target Curtis Samuel instead of DJ Moore. But... Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that strategy too. Depending on how you, the rest of your lineup construction goes, if you needed a cheaper wide receiver instead of getting DJ Moore, I I, I would be fine with going with Samuel. Last as well. guy I wanted to mention, kind of bottom of the barrel. I think he's thirty two hundred off the top of my head. Uh, Rashard Higgins, he is the Browns' third receiver. Yeah, thirty two hundred. So he's going to be out there, and he showed a chemistry with Baker Mayfield last year, and he's going to be you know one or two percent owned. So if for some reason Tennessee decides to put all their attention on Odell Beckham, Richard Higgins can catch a touchdown or two, and, and then you'd be looking pretty. All right, tight end position. Uh, up top, you got Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz. Um, I'm sure we'll see them, those three up there pretty much all season. Uh, down the list, you got Ertz, Howard, Ingram, Ebron's up there at 4,100, not fan. Uh, I like Hunter Henry here at 3,900 against Indy. Um, I, do you think he's going to be high-owned? Yeah, I think Hunter Henry's going to be pretty popular just with the 3,900 price tag, and it's a really good matchup against the Colts, which um, they're really good against the boundaries, so they're probably going to take away um, Mike Williams and – Whoever else is playing on the boundary, usually Keenan Allen plays about half of his snaps in the slot. So Hunter Henry's definitely a good option. I know he's a year removed from the ACL. He already played in a postseason game last year, so he, he looks like he's been moving around pretty well. So he's definitely one of the tight ends I'll be rostering. Travis Kelsey will definitely be my highest on tight end in tournaments. So I'm going to try to get him in cash games. I think he's going to have 100 yards by halftime. Come on. Travis Kelsey, yeah. Uh, I just think. The J- I'm not gonna lie, like the Jags defense is gonna be really, really good this year. And I know, I know it's Kansas City. I mean, they're probably gonna be the best offense in the league. But you got to think that they're gonna at least. I don't know. I mean, Ramsey's gonna be on Tyreek Hill. So who yeah. You, I so mean, basically, my reasoning behind this is that, like you said, Ramsey's gonna be on Tyreek Hill. So that might give Tyreek a few less targets because Jalen Ramsey's probably, you know, top three corner in the league. And then you got A.J. Boye, who's actually really underrated. He's going to be guarding Sammy Watkins. So the main reason I think Kelsey's going to – I mean, I just think he's going to go off because the Jags are starting two new safeties. And then they lost Talvin Smith. Uh, He temporarily retired, I think. And he was like an extremely fast linebacker who was really good in coverage. So those are the two areas that guard tight ends the most is your safeties and your and your linebackers. So I think they're going to have some problems. And, I mean, Travis Kelsey is just an all-world tight end, and I think he has a chance to get eight, nine targets by halftime. I think he's going to have 
eight catches for 106 yards and one touchdown by halftime. So if the Jags can keep up, I mean, he's got a chance for 150, 175 yards. So I'm, I'm trying to get Travis Kelsey in pretty much every lineup where I could afford him. Wow. I did not see that coming, honestly. Um, the tight ends I kind of had my eye on this week, I was actually going to stay away from the top tier here of tight ends and maybe go towards the Evan Ingrams, the Hunter Henrys, and then down a little ways, possibly Delaney Walker. I think Cleveland's going to be all over Tennessee, and Tennessee's going to have to keep up. And if Marcus Mariota can fucking do something, maybe Delaney Walker gets, uh, you know, six, seven grabs, maybe gets 90-something yards and a touchdown. Um, he'll definitely hit value then. And then if you go really far down, you got Jason Witten here. 3,000 <laughs> against the against the Giants. Yeah. I mean, who knows? All, I mean, you could have all, Jason Witten. I'll play Travis Kelsey. All he needs is like one grab and a <laughs> touchdown. That's all he needs to hit value. I mean, he doesn't need much at 3,000, you know. I mean, he's a veteran tight end. If he's in the red zone, you think maybe Dak looks his way. Who knows? Mari Cooper's kind of banged up a little bit. Yeah. So they last lo- year. They lost Beasley. Last year, I tried to play those 2,500, 3,000 tight ends. It just rarely works because they get such few targets that they really need to fall in the end zone to get value. So for me, week one, tight ends just going to be really simple. It's going to be Travis Kelsey in most of my lineups. The few lineups where I don't play him, I'll probably be playing George Kittle. Uh, we already talked about that game, potential shootout. He's awesome after the catch. Um, I We already talked about him. Like I think he's going to score more touchdowns. Um, so Kelsey, Kittle, and then probably the other guy would be uh, Hunter Henry just because he's, he's pretty cheap. I do and, like Evan Ingram, though, because I think Dallas is going to be putting up some points, and it, Giants have no one to throw to. I mean, Tate's suspended, yeah. and, you know, Barkley, I think they're going to try and stop Barkley, so it's going to force Sheli to throw the ball, and I think he looks, you know, Ingram's way. So I, yeah. I like Ingram at 4,800. I just really don't want a piece of the Giants too much, and I know you could get a discount playing Hunter Henry or even David Njoku. So, um, and I know Ingram will probably be pretty popular, so I'm, I'm looking at fading him at this point. Okay. Let's go on to the defense. Um, Ravens are at the top spot here against Miami. Eagles, Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, Rams. When targeting defense, what's the strategy? Um, do you like to pay up for D, or do you kind of like to maybe look at matchups and maybe pay down? Yeah, I think defense is really mostly about matchups. I like to look for defensive lines that have an advantage over offensive lines because if you do this, chances are you're going to find a defense that generates pressure the best way to get fantasy points on defense is by generating pressure because with pressure you can get sacks, you can get forced fumbles, the quarterback could rush a throw, you could get interceptions, pick sixes. So basically the easiest way to generate points is by getting pressure on the opposing quarterback. So for me, some of the the best teams to target for week one would be Baltimore. Obviously they're they're playing against a poor Miami Dolphins offensive line that just traded their their left tackle. They're clearly in tank mode. Philadelphia Eagles, another one. I know we've been talking about the Eagles over the Redskins a lot. I mean, I, I mean, the Redskins are starting Donald Penn and they're starting <laughs> Eric Flowers, <laughs> the the old left tackle from the Giants. I mean, you could just literally go right through those guys. And Philly has an awesome pass rush. Uh, the other two defenses would probably be Dallas 
at home against the Giants, Sheila Manning, <laughs> and uh, Cleveland at home against Tennessee. Tennessee's missing Taylor Luan, and Cleveland has some awesome pass rushers as well. So yeah, those do. four teams could really get after the quarterback, and they could they could break the slate if they if they get a shutout, if they allow three points and a couple a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I think uh, I think defense is fairly easy this week. Just kind of stick with those top four teams. Looking down the list here, I don't really see much. Maybe see Seattle's defense, but probably not. I mean, in Seattle's a tough place to play. Cincinnati with no AJ Green, anything like that. Um, down a little farther, Titans, Colts, Jags, no Giants, no Niners, no Bucks. Yeah. That top that top four is just I think the way to go this week for sure. I think I am gonna play some Bills defense as well. There's three thousand. Yeah. I see the Bills here. I, I just like the Jets this year. I do. <laughs> I like the offense. I just think that's I know, a, so I know I'm high on Bell. It's a mismatch. The the Jets offense line's pretty poor compared to a good Bills the defense. The Bills defense line. is underrated. Not uh, a lot of people aren't talking about them. They are gonna be good this year. Um I hate to admit it, but they they are going to be a top defense this year, and it, they always are. And McDermott knows what he's doing. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind the Bills. And as then like we'll a probably flyer. sprinkle in a couple Jags lineups, just hoping that the game shoots out, and maybe there's a couple pick sixes. Yeah, you got to be contrarian in these lineups if you want to, you know, if you want to win the big money when you're putting a hundred plus lineups together every week and into these contests. Um, contrarian is usually the ones that are, end up at the top. All right, so if you guys have any questions or anything, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on uh, Instagram, Twitter. A lot of you guys know us. You can text us. Um, we're here. You know, listen to the pod. Ask us any questions you need. Um, okay, so let's go to our Super Bowl picks. We're going to do our picks and then a bold prediction for the Super Bowl picks. Uh, you want to start? So my Super Bowl pick, um, sticking with the chalk, I know same two teams I mentioned on one of the first couple podcasts we did. I'm sticking with the Chiefs and the Eagles. I think they're the best two teams in each conference. So that's who I'm going to roll with. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop the Chiefs. And Philly just has a really deep team. So even if they sustain a couple injuries, I think they can kind of hang in there. I love each of the coaches for both of these teams. They both use analytics. And, I mean, the Eagles, I think the NFC is tougher in my opinion, so it'll be tougher for them to make the Super Bowl, but I'm feeling pretty confident about the Chiefs. Yeah, that's honestly when I was doing this, the NFC was a lot tougher for me to pick. Yeah, I'm very confident on my AFC pick, which is the New England Patriots. I just think it, their offensive line's better. This is probably one of the best offensive lines that Brady's ever had around him. If Josh Gordon can stay healthy full season and through the postseason, that's probably one of the top wide receivers Brady's ever played with. They just signed Demarius Thomas to a one-year deal. They got him on the other side. I mean, he's no slouch. And then you got Julian Edelman. I mean, those three wide receivers could be one of you know the best three that he's ever played with, aside from you know Moss is probably the best he's ever played with. Losing Gronk is going to hurt, but I don't think it's going to affect that much when you got those three guys. And then you got Sony Michelle in the backfield and a defense that, say what you want, they're going to be top in the league. They always are. They always put a scheme together that tricks the other uh, the other team, and Belichick's always ready. As long as Belichick and Brady are there, I got to go with the Patriots. I have them over the Eagles, 
but I had a tough time with the NFC. My, you know, my heart wants to go with the Packers, but first year coach, I just can't do it. I don't just don't know how the offense is going to be and how him and Rodgers are going to click. Um, so I have the Patriots over the Eagles. My bold prediction for the Super Bowl is actually the Saints over the Jaguars. I think the Saints are going to have a really good season. Uh, another good surrounding cast around Breeze. Um, defense is good. Let's see, where are their corners? I think they got one of the top corners. Yeah, they're ranked number nine uh, corners in the league. Lattimore, Apple, Robinson, P.J. Williams. So, I mean, their corners are going to be solid. And then I like the Jags. I, I I just think their defense is only, is going to be very, very good this year. I think they're the number two defense to me uh, behind the Ravens this year. They finally have a decent quarterback, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback nonetheless. And with D.D. Westbrook and Leonard Fournette just crushing the rock, if he can stay healthy, it's another, you know, if he can stay healthy kind of thing. But I like the Saints over the Jags as a bold prediction. So real quick, I wanted to go back on the, the Patriots versus the Chiefs just coming out of the AFC. Um, I actually got into this debate with one of my buddies over the weekend. He's a Patriots fan. and I'm not a Patriots fan. <laughs> and uh, he thinks whoever's home is going to take it. But he, he, um, he felt pretty good about the LaShawn McCoy signing, and he said that that makes the, the Chiefs the, the favorite there. I don't think McCoy has too much left in the tank, but – I mean, it's a great situation want, in Kansas City, so I think he could be fantasy relevant. I could see him kind of using him like a Kareem Hunt role, you know, as a passing down for sure. I mean, he's still got – I just don't – I'm not a huge fan of LaShawn McCoy. He's, I feel like he's definitely past his prime. He's injury prone. I hate how he holds the ball when he runs. <laughs> I, it just drives me nuts. Um, I just think the Chiefs can win in either situation just because they have – just so much offense, and I just think it's going to be too much for teams to keep up with. I think so, too. I, I agree with that. I think they'll by far have the best offense in the league. I just think that the coaching, they have better coaching, and they're going to have a better defense, the Patriots, that is, than the Chiefs. I and do that think was New England my... might win more games, though, just because they play in the AFC East. They definitely have an easier schedule. So it'll be tough for KC to go to Foxborough and win, but I think it could definitely happen. Yeah. As um, for my bold prediction – I'm going to go Texans over Packers. Wow. So, I mean, I just love the they moves. They just got that rid of Clowney. Yeah, I, I like the moves that the Texans made. I know they overpaid for uh, Laramie Tunsil, and they did, they just have Duke Johnson at running back. But they did get Kenny Stills. They have a, a plethora of weapons for Watson to throw to. Their offensive line is going to be better. I just think they're going to be an exciting team for fantasy and in real life. And they're definitely one of those teams that could potentially – keep up with Kansas City in a shootout. And if they get – if J.J. Watt gets a a sack fumble, that could be the difference of going on to the next round or not. So I think people are sleeping on the Texans a little bit. I know they have a tough schedule this year, but if they get in as a wild card, I think they'd be a dangerous team, and I think they could beat anybody. Plus 3,800 they are. And then for Green Bay, I, ju I just think Rodgers is going to come out and have a great year. He, I mean, he played on one leg last year. I know we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but I just I think the defense is going to be really underrated too. And he's won a Super Bowl before, and, and he could get hot. The defense could get hot. Um, and more importantly, Mike McCarthy, the donkey's gone. So <laughs> I, I just I hate first-year coaches. You know, I, I feel like you got to get that first year under your belt get that chemistry with your team and, you know, that uh, chemistry in the locker room. 
that was the one thing that was kind of preventing me from picking them as in yeah, the, the NFC is tough. You could really make it, a case for tough. 10 teams. The NFC is tough. I, I mean, the AFC for me, it was the Patriots or the Chiefs. The difference was the coaching and the defense. I think the Patriots take that hands down. Um, okay, let's go to our MVP picks. I, I'm, I'm sure we probably have the same one. My obvious one's Patrick Mahomes. I just think he's going to win MVP. Yeah, so he's the chalky pick. Um, the sleeper kind of correlates with my um, my last Super Bowl prediction. It'd be Deshaun Watson. I just think he could put up insane fantasy numbers. And if they somehow win the division, well, they could win the division, but if they get a top two, top three seed, I think he could definitely uh, win the MVP. So my bold prediction for the MVP, I don't, I don't know if this is bold or not, but it's Tom Brady. I just, I'm telling you, man, is this one of the best offensive line? Offensive line is so important. Like, people don't understand that. I feel like that. it's bold, but it's not bold in the betting markets because he's only, like, what, five to one? I don't know. I got to look I gotta look up what he is. But I just think he's got, if Gordon can stay healthy and on the field and out of drugs, if DT stays healthy, you got Edelman, Sony Michelle, Top, top offensive line. A defense is going to get you a ball, the ball. And, I mean. I really don't think DT is going to be a factor. I want to I kind of disagree with you there. He's coming off an Achilles. He didn't. He had the big preseason game, but you can tell he doesn't look as explosive. And he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely not the same guy. I just don't he think he's going to be much of a factor. But I do like Edelman. I like Gordon. And um, they got a couple of rookies there that looked pretty good. Nikhil Harry went to IR, but he was looking good in the preseason. And then. Jacoby Myers was uh, killing it in the preseason, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets out there at all. We'll see. Oh, my God, I cannot wait for a freaking Thursday night. We're doing this podcast, obviously, Wednesday night, and you'll be listening Thursday morning. Um, all right, so the last thing we'll talk about – actually, we have two more things to talk about. Our last man standing slash, also known as survivor pick. What this is is it's a huge poll or a huge um, – Everyone puts in this one we're in is fifty bucks a team, and there's twelve thousand plus people in this. Half of the proceeds are going to charity actually in this one that we're in. Um, and what you do is you pick a team every week. You can't use the same team twice. No spreads. No nothing. Um, and that's it. Just pick a winner. It sounds easy, but it's not. You got to make it all the way to the end. Last person standing wins it all. Well, in this case, half, which is like almost 200 grand. It's insane. Um, but with 12,000 people plus a couple people, if not a couple hundred, will actually probably win come the end. Our, uh, our picks were between the Eagles and the Seahawks. We went with the Eagles. Um, I was leaning more the Seahawks. So you're going to tell us why we went with the Eagles. Yeah, so I just wanted to go Eagles just because I feel like it's such a safe pick. I think I feel like Andy Dalton's one of those guys that could get hot and possibly go into Seattle and win. I don't think it's very likely, but I just think playing against Case Keenum, the Eagles know who they're playing up against. I would have felt less confident if Haskins was starting, but I think the Eagles' defensive line is going to just abuse the Redskins' offensive line. They should be able to get whatever they want, and I think Washington's really going to struggle to move the ball. They have no wide receivers with a poor offensive line, there's not going to be much running holes. I think they're really going to struggle to score more than ten points. So, I, I mean, I think they're going to. I think they're going to destroy them. It's just I hate picking against division games. 
because you see each other twice a year, every single year. Division games are always tough no matter how bad the other team is. And the one thing I liked about Seattle was at home against the Bengals, no A.J. Green. Um, And then I looked at their schedule, which I like to do when picking these picks. Look at their schedule at the rest of the season. Is there going to be another week that you're going to use Seattle? Is there going to be another week that you're going to use Philly? Another game that maybe you like down the road a little more at home. And I like to pick the home team. Always like to go with the home team for the most part uh, to start the season because it's hard in the beginning. You just don't know how teams are going to look. Um, and then you go from there and you kind of you put a strategy together. And, you know, we, we, we'll probably use the Seahawks down the road. I looked at their schedule. It's actually pretty tough. I didn't really love any of their home games that were left. Uh, same with the Eagles. So I just think with the weapons the Eagles have on offense and we thought with the defense just going to be all over Case Keenum that the Eagles were the pick. Um, but I don't think you can go wrong with the Eagles or Seahawks. Yeah, and he made a pretty good point for Seattle just because chances are there's be more opportunities to use the Eagles further on in the season. Just with week one, I just I just want to get off to the right start. I just want that safe win, and I'm – about ninety nine percent that that Philly will take care of business. So that was the that was my thinking on on just taking the Eagles for Week One. Yeah. So we went with the Eagles, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it in the next podcast. Hopefully, we're still in it. We, we I think we got knocked out Week One last year, right? Didn't we take the Saints? No, I think last year was Vikings when they were home against oh, Buffalo, yeah. and Minnesota's favored by seventeen points, yep. and Buffalo came out and just spanked fucking them. Bills. The <laughs> fucking bills. I think that was like week three or week four. It was, yeah. I think we took the Ravens week one, and they steamrolled whoever they played. I remember because I was in, I was on my honeymoon, and I remember checking the score, and it was like forty-two to nothing. I can't remember who they played. Was it Buffalo? I think it might have been. I think it was Buffalo because yeah. I think you were targeting Buffalo like for yeah. every last minute <laughs> standing because they were we yeah they were, they were supposed to be so bad. bad. And yeah. That was when I still hated Josh Allen, but <laughs> I kind of came around on him. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo did fuck us last year. Um, okay, so our week one pick. I know we gave the Browns Eagles on the last podcast that we like. Uh, we also like the Seahawks Eagles in a teaser, and then we also did the Seahawks Browns and Eagles in a teaser. Those three combinations, those three teams were the ones that we really liked. So you could put them in a teaser. You could do a seven-point teaser, six-point teaser, whatever you want to do. You could even do a 10-point teaser for the three teams. So the 10-point teaser looks really good. I mean, they all have to they all have to cover to win, but essentially you're getting Philly straight up, Seattle straight up, and then Cleveland plus four and a half. So we feel pretty good about, obviously, the Seahawks and the Eagles and then even if Cleveland comes out pretty flat, chances are they'll be able to cover a four and a half spread against the shitty Titans. So. They should at home. I, I I think I just feel like Cleveland's gonna come. I mean, I don't know. They have to with all the hype on them. They got to come out and put like a thirty spot on the board or something like that. Yeah, and these are. I mean, these are three teams. They're all playing at home. They're all favorites. But I think they're just really good picks because the teams they're going up against have really poor offensive lines. And I just think it's going to be really tough for those three teams on the road in week one to, to keep up with these three home teams. So so we feel pretty good about those three teams, whether or not you want to parlay them. So you could take all three straight up and just parlay, or you could do the, the teasers. But those are uh, some of the biggest bets I've made in a while is, is uh, teasing those three teams together. Yeah, and then we uh, – are we going to go to uh, – or maybe the – 
DraftKings and Del Lago Sportsbook. I went there. It's sick. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that sometime. I don't know if it's, it'll be week one, but we'll, we'll definitely make our way over there. Yeah, so check us out. Look for us. Um, all right, so let's talk about the Thursday night game before we uh, close shop here. Bears-Packers opening up. Uh, Packers are plus three. The over-under is 46 and a half. Uh, plus three at plus 145. Um, or the money line, excuse me, is plus 145. I just, I'm not as high on the Bears defense as everyone is. I just don't, I think with losing the D coordinator, a different scheme, they're going to have to run. It's not going to be the same D as it was last year. They lost a couple key players. And Packers offensive line's gotten better. Their defense is underrated. I'm not a huge fan of Trubisky. But it is opening night in Chicago, the rivalry. It's gonna be it's gonna be a close game. I just feel like you gotta take the team that's getting the points, right? Yeah, I think honestly the Packers are a better team than Chicago. So if you could get Green Bay plus three, I think you take that. I mean it's I'm not too confident on it just because I think uh it could go either way, but if I had to make a bet um, gun to my head, I would definitely take the Packers and the three points. I mean, Rodgers has been to Soldier Field a lot. He knows what to expect and how to play there. And so. last year is when they had that off, awesome comeback when they were down 20 to nothing, and, and he, he came back and played on one leg, and he was very clearly drugged up, but he came out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he was that after after game interview. That was a hell of a comeback. He, he was on fucking cloud nine. Um, all right, so that's it. Go pack. Let's go, baby. Fuck the Bears. Um, <laughs> so week ones have been extremely good to me the past two years. So hoping to keep it rolling this year. Yeah, we'll post our results. Um, you know, if you like I said, if you guys have questions, you want to uh, know some players that maybe we're playing or you're trying to put a lineup together and you want a little help, let us know. Hit us up. That's what we're here for. Um, he's Tyler. I'm Nick. We're out. Good luck in week one.